Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Wow, what a weekend we had here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I'm talking about the huge success of people coming out, Catholics coming out and praying in public, the rosary, litanies of the saints, prayers for protection with Arch, with Bishop Joseph Strickland. Our very own bishop was leading the charge spiritually. And uh, I'm going to talk about that today and much, much more. <clears throat> also, I want to talk a little bit uh, about uh, the Catholic priests returning to the U.S. military hospital after being forced out before Easter. See, this is all about pushback. Every time you have anti-Catholicism in our country, for us Catholics, we can't sit back and be quiet. I think this was our Catholic moment, and I'm going to talk more about that. I'm going to offer up the phone lines for people to call in if they were at this event, how it touched them. And even if you weren't, let's say you were in you know, Ireland watching. I had people calling from Ireland saying, hey, I'm watching this. This is amazing. Uh, from England, from Europe, all over. Uh, how did it impress you to have that many thousands of people publicly witnessing to their faith? Because I'll tell you, it was awesome. And um, we've got Johnny Romero, who really coordinated much of the event for Virgin Most Powerful Radio. He did all of the uh, w- groundwork. Um, the permit for the event was under Virgin Most Powerful Radio, myself and Johnny. Johnny did all the uh, heavy lifting to get the things through and organization skills that Johnny gave. That was powerful for us, and uh, it wouldn't have happened without him. So I asked him to call in because he's got some, some stories also. I have some stories that went on over the weekend, and we'll talk more about that. But before we actually get to that, I'd like to get some soul food. If Jesse was here, I'd say, Joe, let's get some, uh, Jesse, let's get some soul food in our souls. But uh, he'll be back tomorrow. Mondays, he's uh, doing other things of evangelization. So usually I either have Matthew Arnold or Father Charles Murr. All right, let's read the gospel, chapter 5, verse 38 to 42. And Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to the one who's evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one to him as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over a tunic, Hand him your cloak cloak, cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go with him for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on the one who wants to borrow. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'll tell you what, I go for some commentary from the Ignatius Bible. For an eye for an eye, Jesus forbid the misuse of the Mosaic civil law. What was that? An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? No. He, he, he justified private vengeance. Exodus twenty one twenty four was meant to limit retribution. It was never an invitation to inflict punishment for personal injuries or extend personal vengeance beyond the injury itself. Now, the punishment had to fit the crime, but not to exceed it. Jesus eliminates such a policy in retaliation from personal life. You can look that up in Romans chapter 12, verse 17. If anyone forces you, a Roman soldier in the New Testament Palestine, reserve the right to recruit 
and compelled Jews into temporary service. Remember Simon of Cyrene? He was forced under this custom to carry the cross of Jesus. And that's, you know, and right in Scripture, Jesus calls for ungrudgingly generosity beyond required call of duty. So we always want to be generous. You know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now. That's Archbishop Fulton. Oh, Sheena Head. And this ties into where we were over the weekend, many of us listeners and around the world, about penance and sacrifice. Because what we were there doing at Dodger Stadium, we weren't really protesting. We were making prayers of reparation, number one. We were trying to fill up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the good of the church, as First Colossians talks about. So here's what Bishop Sheen has to say about sacrifice and penance. Unless there is love, sacrifice and penance will be felt as an evil, but not when love is there. And what I mean by that, sacrifice. If we don't understand redemptive suffering, every discomfort is evil to us. And I'll give you an example. Somebody breaks their arm, some accident, and you have this attitude, oh, it's evil that somebody, you know, I broke my arm at work or playing baseball, I broke my arm. That's one attitude, how bad that is. And the other attitude is, every moment I'm going to give it to Jesus. So if I get a broken arm, I'm going to give up that pain and offer it in union with him to help redeem the world. Now we have redemptive suffering. Before, it was all about me, myself, and I. And I call that the unholy trinity. So when we understand suffering and penance properly, matter of fact, I'm convinced the prayers that we played at Dodger Stadium, the 5,000 people, those prayers are going to be so efficacious for the souls in purgatory and for people in general. And I think that we need more of these public witnesses at, for the Catholic faith because I think it will encourage more people to pray. And you think about it, we handed out a couple thousand copies of an eight-page uh, prayer booklet, sheets of prayers. Can you imagine those people praying those prayers after yesterday, after Friday, and now they're doing it every day? Yes, we know that one Hail Mary can save a soul. With supernatural faith, we know that as a fact. So helping people pray in public, it gives witness to a world that acts like God doesn't exist. All right, now I want to give you, let me shut this phone down, it's beeping at me. Uh, and that is, I would like to, um, I would like to talk about a break that as over 5,000 churches are breaking away from the United Methodist Church over, yeah, homosexuality, the LGBT stance. The mass exodus came after liberal leaders in the United Methodist Church discarded a 2019 vote to uphold church ban on ordaining homosexual clergy or officiating at same-sex weddings. So this is uh, what's happening. And, you know, it's a warning to all churches that you got to hold the line because think about this. And I can say this from experience. All the churches, whether it's the Anglican church, they compromise. 
They have nobody in their pews. When you compromise your fundamental teachings, people think, oh, well, now will they come? No, they won't because you have nothing to offer them. So when 5,000 churches leave their Methodist church, the second largest Protestant denomination in the U.S. over at homosexuality, well, you know, think about this. They only have 25,500 Methodist churches remaining. And according to this report, the mass exodus of Methodist churches comes again after liberal leaders disregarded that 2019 vote. Now, in 2022, Fox News reported that several conservative members of the Methodist clergy stated that far from settling the issue, however, that 2019 vote was discarded by many liberal leaders. See, just like we have people in the Catholic Church that disregard the Catholic Church teachings on homosexuality, Father James Martin is one. And the scandal is the Pope writes him a letter congratulating him. I'm sorry, Holy Father, please. Why in the world would you say to somebody who's saying that they don't believe in Romans, the Bible, about homosexuality? They disagree with Scripture? They disagree with the church teachings? And then you write him a letter congratulating him? That's at least confusing, if not just downright bad. And as a layman, I'm asking the Holy Father to stop affirming people who are teaching contrary teachings of the church because I can see this happening where people are going to leave the Catholic Church to say, look, I'm still going to be Catholic, but I don't, I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in the church teachings on homosexuality because many of the leaders don't. And this is why we need to pray for our leaders and the church. And I'll encourage people every Thursday here at our chapel to get down on our knees and pray for priests, bishops, and the Pope that they will confirm us in our faith. So this is a real backlash confronting the, the Methodist Church, but I think it's a warning again for us Catholics that we have to hold on to our life. Think about every conservative, and I mean Orthodox Church. You see, they, they get lots of support. I'll give you an example. St. Joseph's in Pomona. The pastor's Orthodox. The church was renewed. The support, financial, spiritual, they're, they're alive, uh, on live parish. They have full masses, full churches when they have masses. Why? Because the pastor teaches the Catholic faith. And when you see parishes who have compromised on the moral teachings of the church, they get very few people coming. So this is why I say to you, we need to hold the line. And this is why when we come back, we're going to talk about our event that we did at Dodger Stadium and how we have to speak up every time the Catholic faith has been dis uh, distorted or even attacked. We can't sit back quiet. It's our mother. We want to defend our mother, right? All right, when we come back to I want to talk a little bit about the Catholic priest returning to the U.S. military hospital after being forced out before Easter. This is the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We'll be back with more to help you fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. If you'd like to call in and talk about what happened at Dodger Stadium, we had 5,000 people there praying, making reparation for the sacrileges of the Dodgers. I'll get a little bit more into that, but I want to cover a little pushback here. 
It seems that every time, even last week, I was talking about how when the culture of the woke culture of death tries to push us Catholics out, it seems that we're now standing up more and more from you know kids in high school, college students, and this one's a pushback too. The Catholic priests are returned to the military hospital after being forced out before Easter. We all remember that article. Now, Archbishop Timothy Broglio of the Archdiocese of the Military Services announced that a contract dispute had been resolved with the U.S. Defense Health Agency, and the Franciscan priests are back at Walter Reed National Military Center. Whoa, hooray, hooray, hooray. The Archbishop announced this June 15th, so they've been awarded a new five-year contract, renewable annually to the Franciscans, who have served the medical center as chaplains for nearly 20 years. Before their contract expired and was awarded to a secular defense contractor without the means to provide Catholic clergy in April, just days before Holy Week, prompting the Archbishop <clears throat> to call the move an encroachment <clears throat> to on the service members and the First Amendment right to free exercise of religion. And what I like about this is that we pushed back. In days before, when things like this would happen, it seemed like we would just throw our hands up and say, oh, well, well, those days are over. Whether it's the Archbishop of the military or Bishop Joseph Strickland, who's telling us now is the time, he says, uh, to speak up for the faith. Like we said, we need to live as those ready to die and ready to live for the blood that was shed for us all. And I love what he said. I'm going to repeat a little bit more what he said to us on Friday at Dodger Stadium. And so getting back to this story, this is another story of Catholics saying enough's enough. We don't want to uh, be pushed around, and we want to stand up for our Catholic faith in the secular world who acts like God doesn't exist. So there you go. If you want to join us in this conversation, I'm going to shift gears to what Bishop Strickland had to say to us. Uh, at Dodger Stadium on Friday, uh, which uh, you can call 888-526-2151. And by the way, the Dodgers lost the game Friday night, but here's the kicker. The Dodgers lost the the whole series against the San Francisco Giants, Um, and it was the first time since 2011 they lost the whole series against the Giants. But are you ready for this? This isn't Little League, but on Sunday they lost 16 to nothing. They hadn't lost that bad since 1898. (laughs) So I think they took a shellacking. All right, well, here's what Bishop Strickland tells Catholics, not just the ones that were at the Dodger prayer event, but to speak out for what you believe in powerful speech, he said at Dodger Stadium. We need to live as those ready to die and ready to live for the blood that was shed for us. The Texas bishop said this to a rousing speech at the Friday's... um, prayer vigil against the L.A. Dodgers Blasphemous Pride Night where they were honoring the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. They're not sisters, they're homosexual men dressed in mocking sisters by their religious garb. And what I find interesting, I'll repeat what I said, the Dodgers have a policy that if you walk into Dodgers Stadium, unless you're the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, you have to follow the policy. Yeah. Because the policy says you can't ridicule someone's religion, their political persuasion, or their race. And those men dressed as nuns avoid, did exactly what they said you can't do to come into Dodger Stadium. 
not only did they let them come in, they honored them at the before the game. And I noticed just a quick note that they did it at 6.30. And I'm sure you've seen pictures of very few people in the stadium. They did that strategically. They knew what they were doing. It was wrong. We had more people outside the stadium at that time than they did for the event. It looked like it was just a couple hundred people in it. It was amazing. So I think what Bishop Strickland said that I thought was so apropos, he said, brothers and sisters, this is the bishop. This isn't Jesse or myself. We can't be shy about our faith, he said to the cheers, urging Catholics to be strong enough to speak for what you believe. Now, the East Texas Bishop, Texas Bishop flew all the way from Florida, from the Bishop's Conference, to join us. But he invoked the early martyrs like St. Ignatius of Antioch, who was ready to be martyred for Jesus Christ like most of the apostles. He said, and he says this on the Bishop Strickland Hour. For those who don't know it, we have a, a Strickland, Bishop Strickland Hour every Tuesday here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. He said this, and he said this all the time. He says, we need to become first century Christians in the 21st century, he told the crowd. So true, because that's where we, how did Christianity spread? Catholics were bold. We need to be bold. He said, probably most of us will not be called on to shed our blood. But if we are, we need to be ready like martyrs, he added. But more importantly, we need to live our martyrdom. We need to live as those ready to die and ready to live for the blood that was shed for us all. Now, again, I would have loved to have 100 bishops there. It would have been even better. <clears throat> but Bishop Strickland took a relic of St. John Paul II, a piece of his body, in a reliquarium, and we marched around the perimeter of parking lot number 13 and said prayers of reparation and protection. And it worked. Of course it works. Prayer always works. And think about it. That Pope, John Paul II, was at Dodger Stadium in September of 1987. I was there. I was a young man. Now I'm an old man. But I still never, ever going to forget that day and it's just appropriate that we had the relic of St. John, St. Uh, John Paul II to pray with. And I want to say this. He, this massive prayer rally at Dodger Stadium is an appropriate response to evil. And I know many of you <coughs> were home praying before the Blessed Sacrament. And I thank you for that. I know we had cloisters all over the United States praying for us. And I thank the sisters for praying for us because we, we, we had prayer support. All right, we've got a caller coming in, and I think you were at the stadium with us. What is your first name? And welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. What is your name? Oh, hey, Terry, it's Johnny. Johnny, oh, in, but, but Johnny, you were one I was hoping you'd be calling in. Johnny, let's talk a little bit. I, I, was, I gave a little preparation. I told people what you did to prep this event by going down and filling out paperwork for the permit for Virgin Most Powerful, interacting with lots of people, dozens and dozens of people, uh, checking out the site where we were going to have the event, 
uh, interfacing, especially with the Los Angeles Police Department. I want to say kudos because they did a marvelous job protecting all people, which is their job. And they, I, got, I, I complimented them big time. But, Johnny, tell us a little bit. Uh, I know you have a story that went on, but tell us a little bit about why you got involved in this and kind of the genesis of it, please. Yeah, well, Terry, I, I uh, you know, talked to my brother. I talked to a few of my parishioner sure. friends. You know, we, we were talking. We were hearing what was going on, and I was in disbelief. I could not believe, um, you know, that a professional baseball team, yeah. L.A. Dodgers, who I'm very fond of sure. and, and went to a lot of their games, would actually invite a hate group. I was I was literally in shock, especially when I saw the things that they did. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and for the people listening out there, I mean, you need to know this was not just a few men that dressed uh, in drag and painted their faces and, and you know, were just a little a little weird and, and, and were, you know, helping out the community, which is how they they want to be known that we're a a charitable organization. We help out the disenfranchised. We help out the people that are uh, pushed aside. The people that are that are not, uh, uh, you know, accepted by society. You know, the the alphabet community or yeah. whatever they're saying. Sure. Uh, the reality, the reality, Terry, is it's a facade. Yeah. It's a facade. It's not true. Right. So, and they use they use, uh, well, you know, we we use. Um, uh, 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 drama. We we use uh, humor. You yeah. know, we're using humor uh, in order to get our point across. So to, to them, it's like, hey, can't you take a joke? You know, to them, it's you know, we don't you have a sense of humor? Yeah. We're trying to use satire. That's the word they. That's the word they constantly yeah. use. We use satire in order to get our message across, Terry. But the whole world needs to know these people. What they do is they have somebody dressed like Jesus, put them on a cross. They have thousands of people at a park on Easter Sunday. They have another man pretending to be one of his apostles. Yeah. And then the other man simulates the homosexual activity right. by doing a pole dance on, on Jesus. It is the most over-the-top offensive thing you could ever imagine. And I told people, if I was there, the, the, my lower nature would be triggered. I would not be able to contain myself. Of course not. I would physically pull that guy off. I would stop the event. I could not allow that to happen in my right. presence. Right. And, I, and uh, you know, these are the, the, the other things they do, Terry. Hunky Jesus competitions. People pretending to be our Lord, dressed like, uh, you know, with a crown of thorns, with no shirt on, and then, uh, you know, gyrating and dancing inappropriately like a, like a the male pornography. Yes. Uh, and then showing body parts. Unbelievably yeah. offensive. And, and John, if I could just jump in for a minute. They yeah. also fundraise. Are you ready for this? Yeah. For young people to get sex changes. They pay yeah. for young children to be mutilated. Now, is that a yeah. charity for our, for our community? Of course not. It's, it's sacrilegious because God made man and made woman. And I just think that, you know, when you go on, I don't even want to be so graphic because there's some more things that I could tell you what they're doing that's so offensive to the Catholic faith. Johnny, isn't it true that the Dodgers have a policy for you to go into the stadium? I read right from the book policy that you can't make fun of one's religion or or, or sexual um, context or you can't. Yeah, orientation or 
our uh, politician, our political persuasion. So they yeah. went against their own policy by not just allowing them in the stadium, but by complimenting them and giving them a an award for community service. Is this microphone on? Yeah, I can't even believe it, Terry. So yeah, they're clearly yeah. violating. The right. Dodgers are clearly violating their own policy. They're being complete hypocrites in allowing a hate group and honoring a hate group. And here's the interesting thing, Terry. Here's here's what's going on in our society. Yeah. I just saw, you know, first of all, the event. And by the way, they have a Foxy Mary celebration. Oh, uh, yeah, that's another one. It's which is, uh, over the Don't top. mess with my mother. Maybe the Mary, yeah. Virgin Mary. Yeah. But let me get back to sure. let me get back to what we did do there this yeah. that day, Terry. Hey, hang on, Jesse. We're going to take a real, I mean, Johnny, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll get okay. back to what we actually did. On Friday at Dodger Stadium with about 5,000 Catholics, and we were on fire for the faith, and it emboldened them to spread the faith when they got back home. And I know that because I met many of them the next day at the Catholic Men's Conference where Johnny and Jesse were there. Stay with us, family. You're listening to The Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. I got Johnny Romero, Jesse's brother, who did a heap of work getting this conference put together, this prayer vigil at Dodger Stadium last Friday. And I want to ask you, if you want to join in on this conversation with Jesse, Johnny Romero, Terry Barber, call 888-526-2151. Johnny, let's get to what we actually did at the event and with our spiritual warfare prayers. And can you kind of go over the day for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. We accomplished quite a bit, thank mm-hmm. God. It was all him, and it was a, a huge collaboration. I yeah. spent countless hours the first the two weeks, and so did you, Terry. You, Insider, sure. Jeff, um, sure. and uh, you know David, Adriana, yeah. Laura, Chavez. A bunch of us really just poured our hearts, and John Yep, a bunch of people poured their hearts yep. into this, and and Veronica. Sure. And really got this off the ground. And a lot of other people that we were not mentioning, a huge amount of law enforcement officers and Knights of Columbus and a bunch of people, the Brotherhood of St. Dismas, all kinds of people that I, I don't have enough time to mention everybody. Right. But uh, the, the men's, Catholic Men's Fellowship and all of, the, all of them. But what we did accomplish, which was amazing, is there was at least 5,000 people just in our lot Sure. There was a lot of other people that also were out on the streets That's and right. out over by uh, the park, Elysian Park. So there was probably much more than five, just 5,000 in our little area there. Um, the stadium, Dodger Stadium, Terry, holds 56,000. That's right. It's the largest It's the largest Major League Baseball stadium in, in of all Major League Baseball. And especially when they uh, play with their rivals, San Francisco Giants. That's right. Those games are generally sold out. Mm-hmm. Usually, generally have fifty six thousand filled out capacity. They're sold out. At the Giants game this time around, yeah, Friday, there was somewhere between forty and forty one thousand that paid and uh, paid to, to to for tickets. Now that doesn't mean they all showed up. There's many season ticket holders that I know of that didn't go and are not going back to Dodger Stadium and are not renewing their season tickets awesome. any longer. Awesome. So even though they have, let's just say they had 41000 paid, mm-hmm. that's 15000 less than they usually have when they, when they uh, play the San Francisco Giants. So that's a big 
that's a lot of people that sided with us and said, you know what, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. Their, their stadium was 15,000 less people because of the message that we were promoting. And the sisters that they shoved in the beginning because they didn't want they wanted they're trying to play both sides of the of of, of the of uh, the court here. Yeah. They didn't want the sisters. Generally, Terry, they have uh, they honor a guest about ten minutes before the game. Sure. The game started at five oh seven. So they're usually honoring people at you know. Um, Seven uh, seven oh seven, Johnny. Go ahead. You know, four fifty five, ten minutes right. before. No, they honor these people a whole hour, That's right. uh, an hour before. Yeah. At exactly six oh one. That's right. The game is. I mean, excuse me. At exactly four oh one, because the game is at five oh seven. Uh, or excuse 705, me. Seven oh five, brother. Yeah, five oh. No, the I'm sorry. The game is at seven oh five. That's I'm sorry again. Let me get this right. Yes. The game starts at seven oh five. Yeah. They were honored at 601. That's right. So that's a whole hour before the game. Yep. Okay. Yep. So I, I got the right the, the, the times right now. And they were only honored for about two minutes. We have it on video. And even the 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 few people that were there <laughs> right. were saying boo to yep. these people. Yeah, about 150. So again. <laughs> and I don't understand. So here's the the icing on the cake is again, they were shoved in the beginning of the event. There was an abysmal early arrival attendance. You know, uh, nobody really saw them. The few people that were there booed them. Yep. The icing on the cake is the Dodgers lost that night 7-5. to five. Yep. Okay, So that means, you know, we won. Christians win big. <laughs> and the Immaculate Heart triumphed that day, Terry. Okay. Jesus Christ triumphed that day. Our witness made a difference, and it's making a difference. I'm getting calls from dozens and dozens of people yep. that saying that this is a life-changing event that they exactly. went. It was historic. And we did reach out to a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, some of the Jewish community and yeah. some of the non-Catholic Christian community, and we accommodated them, and we built some bridges there, too. So we it did. was aw- awesome what had happened. Wonderful. Um, but Johnny, you have, you, Johnny, you have a little story to tell. I know at the men's conference, I— I was in and out, but I was told that you had a touching story because I have a couple people who just told me that this reinvigorated their faith to be more bold at work or at home, and I think that uh, that was pretty much the case with most of us. But do you have a story to tell us about that? Yeah, you know, um, one of the one of the saints that I'm very fond fond of yeah. because I knew him, I knew of him about uh, you know 20 years ago mm-hmm. before he really became a saint. Yeah. Um, he was this young boy, Jose Sanchez de Rio. And he was a, they call him a hero for yeah. Christ the King. He was, uh, he was from the same city that my wife was born and raised in. Wow. This is why I know of this yeah. boy, because everything that happened in 1928 mm-hmm. when he got killed um, and he was martyred, he was actually killed for his faith in Jesus Christ. Mm. All of these things happened right where my wife, Luz Maria Romero, grew up. Wow. She grew up there in the same neighborhood. <laughs> and when I went to go visit her family when we were going to get married, um, I, I found out about this boy yeah. before he was canonized by the Catholic Church. And I saw the handwritten letter in my own, with my own eyes that he wrote to his own mother wow. about when he was going to—and this is basically, Terry, the, a boy— the, the the federal government was persecuting the church. It's very similar to what's starting to happen here. Of course, it so is. This was less than a yes, 
they, you, they come after the church first. Yeah, that's exactly so what they the do. Federal, yeah, the federal government and, and different organizations and different people, they start well, they start attacking the church, which yep. is what we're doing. We're yep. the first ones being attacked by the Dodgers here. Yep. Yep. And, and what ends up happening is they want to, um, you know, uh, not practice our faith. We become ridiculed. We become pushed aside. We're not allowed to pray in public. We're not allowed to practice our faith. And this is where it begins. It begins with this attack on our faith. Anyway, this 14-year-old boy, Terry, yes. he said, not on my watch. I will not allow this. He witnessed, he witnessed his parish priest being killed because they closed the churches down. The parish priest, they took bolt cutters. They cut the, they cut the bolts off, and they continued to have mass. And the federal government got so upset. They said, you think we're kidding? The federal government started sending soldiers over and started kicking in the doors when they were having mass and pulled out the priest wow. and shot him in front of everybody oh. to send a signal that we're serious about this. You cannot practice your faith, period. And, and there was a revolution that started. Yes. About 90,000 people died, but this boy was, uh, was one of the ones that was the key people. Yeah. He went and he joined the resistance, Terry, yep. as a 14-year-old boy. Amazing. They allowed him to clean the weapons. Yep. They allowed him to to pray with them they allowed him to serve the meals and then they finally the general said this boy is so is so brave he allowed him to carry the banner that said viva cristo rey in <laughs> one of the most key battles the 14 year old boy who knew how to ride a horse he carried the banner that said long live christ the, the king amen yes and he was shot but the, the the general, one of the generals that was close to him had his horse shot and the general lost his horse. And the general was so important that Jose Luis jumped off, said, told the general, general, here, here, come over here, get my horse. And he jumped off his own horse yeah. and told the general to get on. And the general jumped on the horse. And then the general said, Jose, come on the horse. He said, no, I'm going to slow you down. I'll, I'm going to slow you down. I'm good. I'll hide. Go, 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 General. Viva wow. And he picked up the General's weapon that he dropped, and he started providing cover fire. Hmm. He provided cover fire to the enemy yeah. so that the enemy would hide behind rocks and allowed the General and some of the other men to get away. Wow. And he saved their lives. Yes. Not only by giving them his horse, by actually providing cover fire. And then when he ran, when he ran out of ammunition, he was captured. But even in his capture, oh, this is amazing! This is it gets even better. Go ahead. Yeah, they tried to get him to <laughs> to um uh, to to uh, sign with them. Yes, Look, sign this document that Jesus Christ is dead, and and you're gonna join our army. You can be a great soldier for us. And he just said, "Hey, um, I'm not a, on your side. You know, get away from me." <laughs> Long live Christ the King! I would never join your side. Your side is evil. Your side is with the <laughs> devil. And and an he inspiration. continued to do this. Yes, he was imprisoned, and then he was imprisoned in the in the church that my wife grew up going to church at. Wow. That, and then uh, that's where I saw his bones, and that's where I I saw the the letter that yeah. he actually wrote to his mother. And Terry, if I have a, if you have a, if I have about. One minute. Now you got more than one. Let me just say this, Johnny. I want this story because we're going to take a break in about a minute and a half, and I want it to be a teaser. So continue. Gone. This is an amazing story. But why? How does it apply to us? We have to stand up for Jesus. This is our moment. Go ahead, Jess, Johnny. That's right. If we if we don't if if we are so 
pathetic yeah. that we're going to say, ah, it's no big deal. Yeah. They're just completely desecrating Jesus completely. And you know what? I like my season tickets and I like my gear more than I do Jesus. Yeah. And if you're that kind of checkbox, low information Catholic, exactly. then you have no hope. Right. You, I don't even know why you're going to church. Get out. Exactly. This, I mean, if you're already got one foot in hell, just go. You know, that's that's somebody that's that's basically bench warming and is a low information Catholic. If you're going to pick your beer and your Dodger season tickets over God, you're pathetic. Why don't you really tell me what you think? I'm you're spot on, brother. Johnny, that story is phenomenal. And, and think about it. It's only almost a, about 100 years, almost 100 years ago this happened. And it seems like when Bishop Strickland told us we have to become first century Christians again, uh, and who stood up and were persecuted. I, I'm wondering if this is a Catholic moment. And when we come back from the break, Johnny, can you talk a little bit about that? Do you think that this might be able to encourage people in other parts of the country to stand up when their community is being rammed, right, and, and also Catholic uh, anti-Catholicism is being pushed and why we should be standing up? I'm hoping that this is a Catholic moment for all of us in this country and in the world that will not take Uh, the persecution of Catholics lying down, that we will stand up for Jesus in the workplace, at home, anywhere we need to stand up. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Johnny Romero, Jesse's brother's with me, talking about the experience at Dodger Stadium we had last Friday, where we were prayerfully making reparation for the sacrileges that were going on at Dodger Stadium. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Actually, I've got Johnny Romero, Jesse's brother, with me. He's at the Dodger Stadium on Friday with us among about 5,000 people. And it was a powerful experience of people coming and praying the rosary, the chaplet of divine mercy, being with John Paul II's relic. It was very inspirational. And Johnny, you just gave us a beautiful story of a, what the inspiration of a one little 14-year-old boy in Mexico when they had the persecution there. Uh, my question to you, Johnny, is do you think this is going to be a Catholic moment that can move Catholics around uh, the country? Yes, I, d- I think that it has potential. Courage, bravery. Yeah. I think I think that these things are contagious, Terry. Mm. You know, one uh, our iron sharpens iron. One man sharpens another man. And I think that when we see um, some of these great characteristics on display, they yeah. are contagious. Yeah. People are inspired. People's lives are changed. People, the Holy Spirit is, 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 uh, is moving within, this, or within all the people, and I think it's, it's just beautiful, you know? And this courage, this bravery that this boy um, showed we need to imitate this virtues of this young saint, this, yeah. the fortitude, the valor, the faith, mm-hmm. the, the sanctity of this boy, his, uh, his holy audacity, his hope and his charity to his captors. He was even telling people as they were going to kill him, I forgive you. You yeah. do not know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I forgive you. You don't, you don't know what you're doing. You're on the wrong side. I'll pray for you. Yeah. So he, he had this kind of, of maturity, even yeah. as a 14-year-old boy, and this yeah. kind of courage, sure. the kind of courage that is so sorely lacking right now, Terry, yeah. 
within our Catholics, within the clergy, within our whole, you know, our whole church. We have yeah. a lot of people that are overcome by fear. Yeah. They're overcome by fear, Terry. Yeah. Can I read the last, the, the letter that he wrote? Oh, to yeah, those letters are inspirational. Go for it, brother. Yeah, so he said, um, Dear Mom, I was made a prisoner in battle today. I think I will die soon. <laughs> but I do not care, Mother. Resign yourself to the will of God. I will die happy because I die on the side of our God. Wow. Do not worry about my death, which would mortify me. Tell my brothers to follow the example that their youngest brother leaves them and to do the will of God. Have courage and sending your blessing along with my father's blessing. Send my regards to everyone one last time. And finally receive the heart of your son mm. who loves you so much wow. and who wanted to see you before dying. Jose Sanchez del Rio. I saw that letter in his own handwriting wow. over 20 years ago when I was there, before they, anybody knew about this boy. Wow. I saw that letter, and I saw his bones there. Yeah. And this is what he said when he died, if, I can, if I'm allowed to. to I, we got, go for it. We got time, brother. At, at the very end here. So as he was, as he was being um, a federal officer, when he was, he was, they cut the bottom of the soles of his feet off so that he was kind of like skinned. But they took about a half an inch off of the bottom of his feet, and it was they were bleeding, and they made him walk chained up <laughs> to the cemetery, which yeah. was a walk, um, you know, a, probably about a mile or so. A mile and a half, maybe. Um, and he walked over there to the, the hole in the cemetery. And the federal officer, um, he, says, uh, he says, when he gets there, you have done a lot to me, but God still allows me to live. When I can no longer speak, I will, I will wiggle my feet. Because as, as he got there, they began to um, hit him. They began to kill him, uh, to beat him. And uh, one of the soldiers... Uh, when he asked, where is the plot? He didn't want any of the soldiers to touch him. One of the soldiers suddenly swung his rifle around and he broke Jose's jaw with the butt of his rifle. Mm. Without hesitation, the soldiers began to attack him. One of them stabbed him in the neck and in the chest and in the back with knives. Oh. And at every stab, Jose was proclaiming the name of Christ the King at the top of his lungs. Wow. He was saying, forever live Christ the King. Viva Cristo Rey. Wow. And as he was dying... He made a, 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 a big cross in the dirt as the blood filled that cross. A federal officer approached the dying and bleeding boy on the ground and asked him in a sarcastic tone, what do, we get, what do you want us to tell your father? Jose answered, tell my father that I will see him in heaven. Viva Cristo Rey and the Virgen of Guadalupe. Overtaken by anger, the officer grabbed his gun and as Jose was bleeding out there, only had about two or three more minutes to, to live. The officer grabbed his gun and shot Jose behind the ear. Wow. And Jose, at that moment, won the crown of martyrdom. Yes. That's a, they that, tossed his, his body into the grave, and uh, much more can be said, Terry. Oh, it's touching. Yeah, and Jesse, here's what we're doing now. We're not even being shot at, okay? We're standing up in public places to pray the rosary, pray out and reparation, making public that we Catholics, we're not going to put up with the persecution without responding proportionately. And what I mean by proportionate is not shooting these people, but by praying oh, for their of conversion. Not. Of course, that's the proportionate yeah. measure we're using. We're stopping them with our prayers and our sacrifices, 
not just stopping them. We're praying for their conversion, all of our conversions. Because remember, Our Lady of Fatima said it well. Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and sacrifice. At Dodger Stadium on Friday, thousands of Catholics came to make to say their prayers and make a sacrifice and to make reparation for these sacrileges, which I think you have to have supernatural faith, like that little boy that you just talked about. His faith was so supernatural that he was willing to give his last drop of blood for his faith, and that, to me, is very inspirational. Yes, Terry. And, you know, if you don't stand up for something, you will fall of course. for anything. Yes. We have, to, we have to have our priorities in order. I know there was a lot of people praying for us. A lot of the police officers said, we felt the prayers of your group. <laughs> it was an honor yeah. to, to be here and uh, defend you guys. You guys, you guys were a, an incredible group, and nobody got violent. You guys were peaceful. You guys showed exactly what real men and women do. Real men and women take the high ground. Yeah. Real men and women control themselves. Real men and women don't cuss out their you know, their, uh, their uh, people on the other side. Adversaries. Real we don't do that. Pray. Yes, real women, men and women pray for their enemies. Pray exactly. for their conversion. Exactly. Have discipline. Believe in law and order. Do not believe in hating anybody. Do not believe that, you know, hey, we, we can, you know, these people, they use the word satire to get away with this. They just say, this is just satire. What's the big deal? Why are you guys upset? Can't you take a joke? No, that's not funny. Nobody's laughing. All right? That's not funny at all. That's a crime. When you go out there and you uh, do lewd, lewd, con, lewd, lewd acts in public, there's laws against that. Exactly. And the sad thing about it is the police that are witnessing this are not arresting these people. Right. And, and the manager of the Dodgers. You know, he's, he doesn't understand. He's over there saying, we're going to allow anybody that loves the Dodgers, anybody that supports the Dodgers, yeah, that's top priority. welcome in here. Yep, yep. Yeah, anybody that loves the Dodgers. Well, guess what? What if you got some, you know, uh, somebody that's mocking your mother, coach? What if yeah. somebody comes over to Dodger Stadium and is mocking your mother and says, guess what? Your mother's a prostitute. Your mother's this and that, a bunch of lies about your mother. Yeah. And he has a sign and he has a bullhorn and he's mocking your mother. Are you, as the coach of the Dodgers, going to allow that person in? No, you're not. Yeah, and, and Johnny, Johnny, what you're yeah. saying is if it was a Muslim or Jew, this would never have happened because of you would have been called anti-Semitic or against the Muslims. But why is it that Catholics, and I'll tell you my answer, and I want to get your answer, is because we let them do it. That's my take. Your thoughts? It is. It is because Catholics, uh, you know, we do let them do it. It is true that Muslims, um, you know, they would not allow this. They would, they would probably um, have killed these people already. And I, and I think that's a total error. I, I think the Muslims, I, I don't think that's the right approach. That's the absolutely wrong approach. Mm-hmm. But that's the only reason they don't do it with the Muslims. It's funny. Exactly. Muslims are not condemned for being violent from these crazy uh, <laughs> leftist, pe- leftist people. Yeah. They, they actually sometimes side with them over Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, but the interesting thing is Muslims, uh, you know, they kill people that do this. Yeah. We don't because we know that's wrong. You don't kill somebody because exactly. you disagree with them or even it would. But but you do stand up peacefully. And that's, right. that's not that's not going to happen on my watch. And if people try to mock 
Jesus in front of me in public. If I was there at those events yes. and they tried to do that in front of me, I would physically stop it. I would go up and, and block it with a sure. poster. I would say, this is not allowed. I would disrupt the whole thing. Yep. I wouldn't get violent with them, but I would physically stop them. I'm saying, yeah, you this use is not allowed. Measures. I would, I would yep. disrupt the whole thing. Yep. And that's what the catechism it, says. Folks, I wanted to mention... We actually put uh, this event on with Catholics for Catholics, and we took on a lot of financial responsibilities. If people want to support us, and many have already, please go to vmpr.org on our website, or I would love to chat with you about it. I can tell you more. If you want to call me and say, hey, I'm here. here's a $1,000 donation or 200 whatever, $25, whatever it is, to help us f- you know, pay for the event that we just did, you can call me on my cell phone at 661 661- Nine seven two seven eight seven two. I had several people tell me from back east, and we had one person fly all the way from uh, uh, Florida and also from New York. They said I wouldn't have missed it because this is the kind of thing that I needed to build my faith up in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And when you're around people who love the Lord, it's contagious. Jenny, before I let you go, didn't you? get the impression that we were all on the one, on the same page praying and just hearing the voices and getting out the rosaries didn't it move you also as a committed catholic christian i think i lost johnny on the phone but i'm sure it did what what i want to mention again is i'm hoping that other parts of the country will do what we did here at dodger stadium there's only one major league park that you know doesn't allow the homosexual promotions and that's in Texas, the Rangers. And the reason they didn't do it is because the people spoke up and said, we didn't like it. We don't want it. We're not going to support it. So I think we have to stop being quiet. I know some people say, oh, don't say a word. Well, just remember, never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't. And that's what we do here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Jesse will be back tomorrow. I would ask if Johnny was still on. I'd say, Johnny, what state should we be living in? The state of grace. Also, there were hundreds of confessions being heard during our stay at Dodger Stadium. Think of the souls that were reconciled back to Christ. Uh, The prayers that were being said. Those prayer sheets that we gave out. Thousands of them. How many people are going to be praying those for the rest of their life? I hope a lot. Because this is the economy of salvation. Praying. May God bless you for supporting us here at Virgin most powerful radio and again if you'd like to make a donation go to vmpr.org we're standing at the breach we put the site we put our name on that permit for this event and you know what we don't regret it why because it was the right thing to do but if you'd like to support us just go to vmpr.org or call me at 661-972-7872 may god richly bless you thanks for supporting us with your prayers and your financial support god bless you